After an arduous journey outside the burning city of Merhold, the group made camp with their prisoner. Reese was a little too quick to act and severed one of her hands before leaving her to Luca. Reese himself, however, had quite a strange encounter, a vision of a being who threatened him and the group if they should continue on their path any further. Now, back at the prisoner, Luca is left to pick up the pieces after Reese's outburst. Luca is going to try to approach him to make sure that she's not bleeding or anything. It should be cauterized because of the nature of his sword, but Luca wants to be sure and check on the wound. Yeah, no, her her wound was cauterized by Reese's radiant sword. Luca, oh, he says, I am sorry for my comrade. That was not only uncalled for, but unnecessary. And uh, sort of through haggard breaths, she brings up her stump for you to see. And yeah, <laughs> what your words mean something, bud? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like she doesn't even have to speak. Yeah, she doesn't. Frick, screw you, Reese. Um, <laughs> you yell into the night. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do yell into the night. I yell into the night. Screw you, Reese, because screw him. Jeez. She looks up at you and she says another string of words in in Talish. Lyrian's the only one besides Ifran who speaks. Ifran. Talish. I'm pretty sure oh, wait, Mick speaks too. Mick, yeah, speaks Mick too. does too, I think. Luca does not speak it and therefore does not understand. So yeah, she looks up at you and she says, The Anna Medeiros. Kisinka. And then she spits at you. She continues and she says, Let me go now. You've already inflicted your damage. What you wanted to do, hmm? Is this what you wanted? No. Is this time to be paid for me information? But I would like more information. To be honest, I would actually like to offer you something now. And Luca pulls out a couple of thin rods from his pocket. A very, very observant person would realize they are, in fact, the things he has been whittling over the last couple of days. I am working on something now, and it could be very advantageous to someone of your disability. And she just scoffs. <laughs> what would you propose? You are a savage, like your friend. Indeed. But I have an idea. What do you know of Lycles? I do not use intent. Well, you may want to learn to, as I believe I can restore to you what was lost. What you For your information. I took nothing, though I will admit my comrade was hasty. Hasty, yes. That does not hardly begin to describe it. This is pain. This is torture. You do not deserve to breathe this air you are right though not for the reason you think however this is the only time i will offer it well i will keep my promise to let you free should you decide to tell me more when i finish this it will be yours i have told you all i know if you want to enter some more land estate you must go through the river through the drain maybe someone on the inside will help you of course there are those that are not Always in favor of the Count and his decisions. But I am not one of them. And I will not help you. Very well. I guess he's not going to get to try out his cool new false hand that he's making. I hand her a bolt to my hand crossbow. It has a you know sharp little edge there, but it's quite thin. It'd take a while to pick away at this rope. So Luca, you know, he pulls off his pack. He, he um, pulls out a, a quarrel for his hand crossbow and he hands it to her and he says, it will take you some time, but you will be free. Thankfully, it appears that the cut has sealed well, 
so you should not have to worry about that. And Luca turns and begins to walk away. And as you walk, she just yells, You are a barbarian! You are a disgrace! Vale, take your kin, murder your family, and your posterity. Be damned forever! The words hit Luca hard, but he continues on his way. Okay, you make it back to the camp in good time. In sullen silence, Luca goes to sleep. He does not address nor communicate with anyone. The rest of the night goes by uneventfully. Your prisoner, whether she managed to escape or not during the night, is currently unknown to you as the sun rises on the new day. But she made no further appearance in the camp, at least. Whoever kept watch noticed nothing more out of the ordinary. Lyrian, having been on watch, seeing that it's now daybreak, begins to wake up everyone and so we can continue our travels. After losing his hat in the chaos of Marehold, Luca um, tightens the bandage he keeps wrapped around his head to make sure it won't come loose during the day's journey. But he understands the necessity and the importance of their tasks, so he begins to start moving. It is his life at stake if they don't stick this dagger in kind of gear. Reese wasn't really sleeping. He couldn't sleep at night, so he just gets up and packs up his things and goes. Well, Efron was sleeping soundly, but he wakes up, packs up his bedroll, gets on the road without, you know, hesitation. Mick was in deep sleep and it took a little time to get up, but he's finally up and he's ready to go. All right, so the road eastward is pretty straightforward. You would be traveling through, Efron and Mick would know this at least, You'd be traveling through the northern part of the Stream Barrows, which are the sort of graveyard riverlands that you went through before on your way to Marehold. However, these northern parts are a bit more populated, and the barrows here are not populated. They're just natural formations of raised earth sort of dotting these deltas and different formations in these wetlands. So as you continue along on the road, there is actually a bit of activity as well. So you're not alone traveling these ways. And it's not long, actually, before you catch up to a small caravan of two wagons pulled by donkeys and a very, very tall, like almost seven foot tall man driving them. Is the activity we've been seeing kind of refugee from Airhold, or is this more just like actual traffic on the road? It seems like just normal traffic. It doesn't look like people have packed up their whole belongings and are taking their livelihoods with them. These seem to be simple travelers or traders. So you're walking beside this man and his two carts. Okay, I say salutations, good sir. And he looks down at you, because he does have to look down. And he goes, well, hello, what is your name? My name? Well, my name is Mick, of course. What is yours? They call me Marco. Marco and Mick. Look at that. We're already getting along. No, just Marco. Okay. <laughs> well, what brings you this way? I am a trader. <laughs> How fascinating. And what do you trade? All manner of finery. Oh. And, um, you don't happen to have uh, some outfits size 8 back there? Outfits? No, I trade in raw silks. Hmm. Well, lucky for us, I turned to the group. I took sewing when I was... <laughs> 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 Just kidding. 
Mick was I, a boy scout. took home <laughs> economics in high school. Back in the warden camp, they offered a free class on I Wednesdays. I am now proficient in sewing. You won't believe it. I can... Oh, mm, wonderful. Well, how much those usually sell for? It depends on who's buying. I bought them here for... I don't quite remember the currencies. I'm not too versed in that. It is actually my sister who does most of the trading. She lives down in Threshold, to the southwest, just before Kinnans. Oh, and is that where you're going right now? No. I am taking this north, back to Demlik. Oh, okay, wonderful. Well, perhaps you can point us in the direction we need to go, then. Where would that be? Do you know of a man named Count Algier? I believe, yes. I've heard that name before. He... No, he does not own these lands. He took these lands, no? These are the stream barrels. These are Baron Hutter's lands. But the Count, he owns them now. So I hear. But, again, I am Lickish. I don't care for these Southerns and their politics. Fair enough. Well, my friends here, we're looking to go to a ball of his. And if that being the case, we were wondering if we could get some supplies, since you're a trader and all. He kind of looks over your group, and, you know, you are in clothes and armor that is ragged and dusty and blackened by char and soot and whatnot. Does he think that Mick looks fabulous? Because he does. <laughs> the same. Anyways, continue. You are going to Count Algier's bowl? I doubt that. Doubt that? Why do you say such things? At least not in what you're wearing now. They would never even let you near the mall in the state. Well, you know our predicament then, good sir. We need supplies, of course. If you can pay, I can help. How much? It depends. How much do you have? I am Lickish. I deal in silver. Only silver. Um, okay, I don't know. Does anybody have a concrete number of how much silver we had? I think last time we had to buy stuff. Like... Ifran basically gave everybody an allowance. It was like, yeah, get yourself something nice. Well, that, and then we also stole all that crap as we crossed the river. So, whatever that guy gave us. I also have six rams of silver. Oh, I have six rams too. Well, uh, you know, that depends, of course, of um, how much uh, silver do you usually get for these? It depends. I mean, I only deal in Erothric, so... We we use our currency. What do you have? I doubt you have my people's money. Um, I have a little bit of silver. Uh, here's an example of something that I have. Oh, may I? And he kind of holds his hand out. Be my guest. He holds out his palm, and I put the silver ram in his hand. He kind of takes it, and he turns it over, looking at the little cylinder. He's like, this is probably half a hawk. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not very good at this. It's usually the moneylenders. But, seeing as there are no damn like moneylenders around us, and my asses cannot do the same job, then we will have a deal. How much of these do you have? Ifran, at this point, because he actually, it is in his backstory that he used to be a trader. So he 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 approaches and he says, Ah, my friend, you say you deal in silks. Uh, please tell me, where do they come from? You said you obtained these in the south, was that correct? 
Yes, in threshold. In threshold. Ah, yes, of course, of course. So you say you are unfamiliar with the exchange rate from rams to hacks. Well, currently, yeah. It changes day by day and then like... Yeah, the, yes, this is true, you know. You are a mayor, no? Yes, I am. You, you have traded then. I see many of your people in my lands. Yes, of course. I was once one of these before I uh, left to travel on my own. But yes, I have much experience trading. Really? Have you ever gone so far north at Silinga? Only one time. When I was uh, a young boy, I went with my father. But I have not been there since. My sister is from there, but now she lives in Threshold. Myself, I grew up in Eurothric. That is where I trade mostly. You have been there, no? I have been there quite a few times, but not not in the past five or so years. Again, I have been traveling on my own. And your memories, it is a beautiful city, no? Um, can I do like an insight check to see if he's like trying to trick me or something? Yeah, go for it. As you weigh his words in your mind. 22? Like, he's definitely testing you in some way, shape, or form. Okay. And though he's big and he's just riding along with his donkeys here, he sure isn't dumb. You can tell that. Uh, yes, it was quite nice. If I remember correctly, they trade in the finest of marble there. Yes, that is a good part of the trade. When it is not silver, we trade in building materials. My father was a carpenter himself, and my mother a stonemason. They made a fine pair. And they made a fine pair of children too. You should see my sister. She's very beautiful. Many men lust after her, but she has not taken a husband yet. She is too good for the likes of anyone in these southerners. Hmm, yes. She, mu- she must indeed be very beautiful. Uh, what made her move to Threshold with the southerners? Well, we figured that they are sp- very stupid and we could take advantage of them very easily. We have proven ourselves right many times over and scammed them out of much money. And silks. These fine silks will bring us great prosperity in the north. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. They, uh... And he, he kind of, like, leaning in close, as if to, you know, obscure his voice from the others. He's like, I must agree with you. As one from Imera, the northwest, uh, the southerners, yes, they are uh, quite generous with their money. Not the tails. Just the fellas. The fellas are stupid. Whether they are in the south or the east, have you ever been to Mainstay? I have not, but I have no desire to. I cannot even understand their tongue. In Mainstay, they speak the most peculiar of dialects. It is a bizarre combination of peoples, and uh, yes, it is uh, quite difficult to trade with them. One can never tell if somebody is being amicable or uh, hostile. And uh, at that comment, which may or may not have been pointed at him, he kind of just like, <laughs> yes. That is very true. And the field is a very large place, and much to travel. And so, I must be going unless business is to be conducted here. Yes, yes, we too must be going. But you say these wares are for sale. Yeah, I have some other things that you might be more interested in looking at. And he goes over to the second cart, and in a rather ornate chest, he pulls a ring of keys from his belt and opens it up. And inside are varying sets of fine clothes. Oh, most exquisite. Hmm. Yes, we would uh, be very interested in purchasing some of your wares. Unfortunately, I only have two cards that would be suitable for your kind. Doublets and such. 
the others are dresses, if you would prefer. The doublets? And what size do they come in? I have various ones. One to fit you, for sure. And probably your friend there with the hurt head. This one will probably fit him. Very well. And your slight friend there with the loot. Perhaps it would fit him. But I do have a few dresses that small. I'll take one. He The, the dress of the doublet. Of course, the dress. <laughs> he doesn't look surprised at all, really. I mean, he also doesn't <laughs> care. Money's money. So the big Demlik man takes one of these doublets out and a pair of trousers as well. And he hands it to Efron. And then he takes the second one out, which is sort of this red and gold embroidery on it. And he, he beckons for Luca to come over and he says, You there, come here. Luca uh, approaches pretty passive. And uh, he hands it to Luca. And then Mick, who's still standing pretty close by, the man actually takes three dresses out and arrays them on the back of the cart and says, please take your pick. Oh, this is this is difficult. <laughs> and I take the gold one, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you take a dress of shimmering gold with sort of ivory colored inlays in floral patterns down the breast and the sides, going out into a sort of like large ball gown style beautiful <laughs> i was i was i was gonna say so i know who my date is got the red and gold iron <laughs> gold here no um luca turning to the man says do you have any sort of uh hat or head covering in this party i doubt this bandage is the best way to conceal the wound so he moves with dizzying speed to the first cart and opens another large chest and inside there are all sort of different like wraps and whatnot and he takes one out, which is just this like strand of this very like intricately woven red silk. Like the patterns are woven in themselves. It's not even like a separate thing. And he hands it to Luke and he says, Maybe this one would suit your purposes. This is an ancestral Telek headlap. First off, Luca's taking that, because that's going to be straight up dope. Second of all, Luca may just switch to wearing a red head wrap everywhere he goes, even though he has black leather armor. <laughs> He's got this red and gold head wrap. Um, Luca is uh, you know, taking it, kind of examining it, stretching out, looking along the length. Yes, it's uh, it is fine indeed. I Yes, I think this will do properly. And of course, and he moves kind of the front of the cart, and he takes out different pairs of boots. One for Luca and one for Ifran and then a pair of slippers that he hands to Mick that are in the same color as the dress. And of course, this will have to go along with that beautiful gown. And he takes out from the same uh, chest as the head wraps a very long scarf that he kind of just drapes around his neck, and it honestly goes to his knees, both sides. And he's like, I assume you know how to wrap this in the traditional Demlik fashion dazzling of course and then he yeah he takes it off and he, he hands it to you and like this it's long it's massive but it's very warm perfect <laughs> <clears throat> you seem to be properly outfitted for a ball now you would make fine guests at count Algier's estate um why don't we discuss payment before we do uh, it is a matter of most importance to us that all of these can arrive untarnished and we have a long journey ahead of us still would you happen to have some sort of case that we could use to carry it something that would protect it from the most horrendous storm i have differing satchels of various leathers but um 
I do not know what you are referring to. Perhaps in what situation do you see ourselves getting in in these fine clothes? In these fine clothes, to be honest, just that of the ball. But on our journey there, the road is long, and my friend Mick here is not the most careful of people. I fear that you may fall into the river before we can arrive. <laughs> Best that we be. <laughs> Best that we can be careful. That would be a quite a sight to see. I have something. Let me look. One moment. And he kind of rummages around the front of the second cart. He switches some things around, moves some things out of crates into different chests. And finally, he has this sort of uh, short footlocker type wooden chest. He says, this here closes tight like a lid. Look. And the lid of which is not like on a hinge. It just sort of fits right down on top rather snugly. And as he pries it off, you see that like it even takes him some effort. That will keep your things quite secure. Luca has this uh, wry smile on his face. Just says, perfect. You'll have to stuff it in pretty tight, but it'll fit everything. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Perhaps not the boots and the slippers, but everything else. Absolutely. I can guarantee. Now, he turns to Ifran. About the silver. Yes. The, so you say you are quite inexperienced with uh, this part of the trade. Or simply with the exchanges? Oh, just with the exchanges. Silver I know very well. Lickish. It is in my blood. Of course, I would expect nothing less. So please, tell me, what in your estimation do you value these wares at? Well, the wares themselves are very rich, of course. But I have a problem of sorts. My donkey here. And he sort of pats the backside of the donkey on the second cart. And he's like, this donkey has been with me for many years, and he is old and sick. And perhaps once we reach Irothric, it will be his last journey. I regret to say that if I did not have enough silver to purchase another ass, I will not continue in this trade, and perhaps ever see my sister again. I will give you a discount, of course, on these clothes, but I would have to ask for a bit more in order to cover the costs that it would take me took it home, and actually enjoys his profits. How does 40 rams sound? 40 rams? That is quite a sum of money. I would be hesitant to pay so much for these wares. They are indeed rich, but unless they come from the famous seamstress Malina herself, then I would be hesitant to purchase them at such a price. Do a deception roll. (laughs) That's great. Oh, that is a 13. And he, he kind of gives you a sideways look and he's like, well, I have never known Melina to have saw any relations with the Amir, but if you say so, very well. These are not from her hand, I'll admit. Though they are a fine construction, I will give these up for three silver bars or their equivalent in rums, if you can figure that out. Three silver bars or their equivalent in rams. Can I do a history check to see if I would know the equivalent of three silver bars from my travels? Go for it. Now we're cooking with gas. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. That's not bad. It was a nat 18. Brings up to 19. The word bar evokes a sort of 
large picture in one's mind, but in reality, it's just a colloquial term. A bar of silver in the Demlik lands is not as big as so well, an ingot or whatnot of gold or iron or whatnot. So you know that the bar is relatively equal to about six rams each. So his total price would bring you up to 18 rams. Efron parses his memory to remember things that he has learned about the Lickish people from his travels, from his trades with them. And he chuckles to himself and he says, Oh, my friend, that is quite the bargain. Three bars of silver or 18 rams. That, that is quite the bargain for this. I will take you on that offer. And the man kind of has a defeated expression flash across his face for just an instant, but then is replaced by his you know, jovial trader demeanor once more. And he says, kind of through a gritted smile, he's like, yes, quite the deal indeed. Very well, I'm a man of my word. Otherwise, I would not be a licky. Here, take your clothes and I'll take your silver. Efron takes out six of his own uh, silver rams, takes six from Mick and six from Luca, and he gives them to Mako. It has been a pleasure doing business with you, my friend. As it has with you. And you, my good sir. And he gives a little bow to Mick, and then another little bow to Luca, and he says, Farewell, and all the best at the ball. Quite honest, I would be remiss to not say that I were excited for you. And he kind of slaps the backside of one of his donkeys, and they both take off, and he starts going along the road again. So we're all traveling the same way, so there's that awkward okay. period where one of us <laughs> walks next to the other, one slowly getting faster, but not enough for you to have to like, look over your shoulder. So now, taking lead of the party, Reese, who's been rather silent throughout most of the day, Reese leads the party the rest of the day, not stopping for anyone else until they stop for the night. All right. As night falls, you make camp and discuss a few preparations for the following day. As your party makes camp and settles down for another night, you have one more day of travel ahead of you before you reach the Moreland Estate. <laughs>